Blog Talk Radio. of the cheapest meal presented by Deep Fried Draft. My name is Brian Bosarge. We are uh, awaiting our guest today. Uh, we're going to talk with Jake Wimberly of ESPN Radio in Central Mississippi. Uh, we're going to talk all things Mississippi college football. We're talking Mississippi State. We're talking Ole Miss. We're talking Southern Miss. We'll probably talk about a little bit of uh, of uh, other stuff as well. But uh, as we wait on Jake to call in, let's uh, let's talk a little bit briefly about our sponsor here at The Cheapest Meal. And our sponsor is Coasters and Castles Travel, specifically Rebecca Bosarge. If you're planning on Disney vacation, if you're planning a universal vacation, Disney cruise, whatever, she can do it for you. All you need to do is message, send an email to rbosarge at coastersandcastlestravel.com. And uh, she will get you hooked up and do all the hard work for you. All you do is show up and enjoy your vacation. Email rbosarge at coastersandcastlestravel.com. Had my first experience last night with the new uh, sports betting uh, initiative in the state of Mississippi, which is uh, the casinos are about an hour drive from where I live here in Mobile. And... um, it was pretty interesting. Uh, the Beau Rivage Casino, uh, which is an MGM-owned uh, resort, just tremendous setup they have there. Uh, also enjoyed over at the Golden Nugget uh, Casino, which is also in Biloxi, about probably a mile down the road from the other one. Uh, but bet a little parlay action last night. So uh, hopefully hopefully I'll be cashing in some, uh, some tickets pretty soon on those. Um, not going to go into the uh, not going to go into the ins and outs there of that, but uh, just know that some bets were made. Uh, big big uh, week of college ball action uh, coming up today. You've got TCU and Texas, probably one of the bigger games of the day. Um, we got Alabama hosting Texas A&M. Um, not expecting. Uh, or Alabama's playing Texas A&M at least, not expecting a whole lot of uh, resistance there from the Aggies for the Crimson Tide as they can will continue to roll on, no pun intended. Uh, Stanford and Oregon probably is the biggest game of the day uh, out west. That's a 7 o'clock kickoff tonight on ABC. College game days there for that one. Um, Mississippi State, Kentucky, big game in the SEC. Florida, Tennessee, not as big as it used to be. Um, Auburn, Arkansas, Auburn got to get back right after that uh, that choke job last week against LSU. Uh, Arkansas is terrible. I mean, there's just no really uh, no real nice way to put that about the Hogs. Uh, Chad Morris is uh, he's in just got a uh, he has got his work cut out for him there uh, in Fayetteville, uh, Florida State. What can you say about Florida? That, how abysmal was that performance last week against Syracuse by their offensive line? Just just complete, just trash uh, performance there. And Syracuse doesn't have what you'd call a uh, major pass rush, and they got to DeAndre Francois a lot. 
and now enter this week Florida State uh, hosting Northern Illinois, who does have a tremendous pass rusher in Sutton Smith. So uh, curious to see how the Knowles uh, O-line handles that. So um, this, it's just going to be interesting all day. Uh, Rutgers last week got crushed by um, Kansas, which is just sad. They host Buffalo today. Uh, I'm all over Buffalo. I think Buffalo is one of the better uh, group of five teams. Um, could make a, a deep run into the MAC and potentially uh, snag if they can uh, win out a group the uh, group of five uh, bowl bid into the New Year's Six. Again, we're waiting on our guest today, Jake Wimberly. We're going to talk Mississippi College football. Um, but while I've got you here, I want you to go over to deepfrieddraft.com. Check out all of the position rankings coming up for the 2019 NFL Draft. You can check out my uh, top 100, which is actually top 64 right now. Uh, you can go to uh, wblzmedia.com, where I write five, six pieces a week. Uh, for them, mostly college football. Um, I also write about the Cincinnati Bengals uh, for WBLZ. So you can always check that stuff out there, wblzmedia.com, a part of the Ironic Media Network. Who else? Uh, what else we got on the agenda today? Um, we talked about Florida, Tennessee briefly. West Virginia hosting Kansas State hasn't been a a good good year for the old Wildcats so far. I expect West Virginia to uh, to handle that one with ease. Uh, Boston College, the surprise of the ACC so far, they're three and zero. Some are saying they're the only real threat to Clemson in that uh, side of the division. That's obviously the, looking the case with Louisville and Florida State being garbage this year. Um, NC State hosting Marshall. Marshall, of course, didn't play last week. Was supposed to play at South Carolina, South Carolina, but Hurricane Florence. That was one of the games that messed that up. Michigan State at Indiana. It's another game that I've got some action on tonight. Uh, Sparty, I expect expecting a bounce back from Sparty this week. So uh, lots of action here. College ball about to get underway in less than an hour, as we now as we're still waiting on Jake Wimberly uh, to come on the show today, where we're going to talk all things Mississippi college football. Uh, possibility tomorrow for our new weekly uh, podcast will be on Sunday mornings, where me and my cohort from WBLZ Media, Nick Ficarelli are going to break down all things that happened on uh, each week in college football. That's the plan anyway. We'll, uh, we'll see if that comes to fruition tomorrow. NFL, uh, what's happening there? I mean, big, any big, so there's some two and o, teams that are 2-0 and o that probably are pretenders. Miami looking at you, uh, not really feeling. Denver is a strong 2-0 and o team. I think the Bengals, I'm, I'm a very happy with the, how they started out at 2-0. Um, 
they can get a win over Carolina on Sunday, that could uh, that could set them up to because uh, that division looks like uh, it almost looks right now like the Browns may be the second best team in that division. The Ravens not so hot. Pittsburgh looks like they're imploding from the inside out. Just a just a crazy situation there in Pittsburgh. What else we got going on with this college football today? Or last night, uh, uh, UCF, a uh, big win over Lane Kiffin's Ford Atlantic team, just lots of points scored in that one. Uh, Southern Cal, good back-and-forth game with Washington State last night. They come back to win. Penn State routed Illinois. So um, what else we got going on today? Uh, Georgia and Missouri, that's a big game in the SEC. Georgia's a two-touchdown favorite. So we'll uh, we'll see how that goes with the dogs. But uh, Drew Locke, big test for him. Same can be said for uh, Justin Herbert, uh, the Oregon quarterback. Though him and Drew Locke both faced big NFL tests, you know, as far as evaluation goes in their games today. South Carolina at Vandy. It's a three o'clock kickoff on the SEC Network. Um, South Carolina is a very small road favorite there. I like the Gamecocks in that one. Uh, Got that extra week off to lick their wounds a little bit. Bandy, emotional loss last week to Notre Dame. I think they might have a little hangover uh, from that one. I'll also be watching Virginia Tech and Old Dominion today just to kind of get a feel for a couple of the uh, Old Dominion uh, draft prospects. Also uh, anxious tonight to get a look at uh, UC Davis uh, wide receiver Keelan Doss. They're hosting Idaho. That game's on 11 sports at 6 p.m. tonight. Want to want to get a good look at uh, Keelan Doss. Heard a lot of uh, a lot of good things about him. So anxious to see him on the field. Got that going on. Like I said, you can check out everything at deepfrieddraft.com and wblzmedia.com. Upset alert this week. Uh, I think uh, Arkansas State, an eight-and-a-half-point favorite over UNLV. I think UNLV has a chance to win that one outright. Um, Northern Illinois think they have a chance to win outright over Florida State. And um, – So that's happening this week. Still waiting on Jake Wimberly to join us. I believe Jake hosted his own, uh, had his own radio show this morning that may be causing the delay here. Uh, for him to join us on the podcast this morning. Uh, who else was on upset alert this week? Oh, Mississippi State. I thought Kentucky has a chance to keep that one close. 
All right, here we go. Jake's with us now. Brian, good morning. Good morning, Jake. Uh, he is the host of the Afternoon Drive, 105.9 on ESPN Radio in Central Mississippi. He's a fellow FWAA member and Bulletnikoff Award voter. Jake, Jake, thanks for joining me this morning. Hey, Brian, my pleasure, man. Thanks for having me on your program. It's a great day, college football, uh, week four, man. Just uh, hey, as I tell everybody, soak it up. It'll be gone before you know it. It's going to be another great day. And then we'll all be sad. I mean, it's like it's here. You wait all year for it. It gets here, and then you just get sad when it's over with. Jake, I've been on your radio program a couple times. You were actually my first ever radio spot, so I'm uh, grateful for that. Hey, man, look, you do a great job. I love your site, and that's one of the beautiful things I tell everybody uh, that's getting in the business. Become a member of FWAA. You don't necessarily even have to be a writer, but you can do it and pay the dues, which are minimal, goes to a great cause, and those guys do a great job. And you know, I, I try to uh, be a little different with my show and reach out and find people like yourself that are doing doing a lot of work because, as you well know, I mean, look, there's the traditional people, and I get it. They do a really good job, but there's also a lot of good work uh, being pumped out by guys like yourself and girls that are, are putting out quality work in college and NFL, uh, the NBA and Major League Baseball, um, you know, with the beauty of the Internet and the beauty of, uh, you know, booking agencies in places like FWAA, it, it gives people a chance to – I think really show off their talent, something we didn't have. Look, if it wasn't for the Internet, I'd never be where I'm at. Um, I, I did just what everybody else is doing and, and have been fortunate and, uh, you know, had some great opportunities. So, uh, yeah, I love your site and what you do, man, and uh, we'll have to get you back on and uh, talk some more NFL in college. I appreciate that, and I love the FWA as well. well. Let's get right into it. Let's talk a little Mississippi State Bulldogs because they're, they're the best team in your state right now. And uh, third – uh, third in the nation in total offense. Is this something you expected uh, right out of the gate from Moorhead? Well, I think we expected it to be uh, the potential to be there. And, you know, that we, you know, potential is a dangerous word, but when you look at Mississippi State coming back off last year, they returned 82% of their production on offense and defense. Uh, the roster just set up well for them this year. Uh, I'm not a big proponent on returning starters, but when you look at, it, at what Mississippi State was returning with Fitzgerald coming off the injury, uh, the running game, you, you kind of knew that, you know, we're turning a thousand yard back with Aries Williams and then the potential with Kylan Hill uh, to be an all SEC back. You knew the potential was there. Now, the schedule has lended itself uh, some opportunities for Mississippi State to put up some big numbers. They've been able to take advantage of that. We know about Joe Moorhead and his ability to call plays and, and, and to, to kind of move and shake in the middle of a game. He's really good at that. So, yeah, they've done what they're supposed to do, but it amps up now for Mississippi State and uh, the competition as they get into, into uh, league play tonight. Right, and I'll tell you, the, I think the best part of their team, as good as their offense has been, is, is their pass rush. Jeffrey Simmons up the middle, uh, Montez Sweat off the edge. Those are two first-round guys, in my opinion. Oh, there's no doubt about it. You know, one of the things, and of course, you know, Dan Mullen comes back to Starkville next week. That'll be uh, after tonight, regardless of what happens in Knoxville with Florida and Tennessee and in Lexington with Mississippi State and Kentucky. Um, once those games hit zero, that, that page turns and, Everybody in this state will focus on uh, for a solid week what goes on with that game. But Dan Mullen did a really good job with his staff leaving Mississippi State in a really good position. Jeffrey Simmons, uh, former five-star player out of Knoxville County, he's been as advertised since he set, you know, set foot uh, those big feet on, on campus in Starkville. He'll be a first-round pick next year. Uh, he's a plugger there in the middle and, and, and typically demands a double team. And, of course, uh, I'll be interested to see as you get into your NFL stuff and other people where – he has slotted going into the draft. And you look at a guy like Montez Sweat, played at 
Michigan State, and then, of course, the JUCO system in Mississippi. Uh, they picked him up. So they've done a good job picking up guys through, uh, you know, junior, the junior college system here in Mississippi, also uh, identifying talent like Sweat and, uh, you know, Fletcher Adams and some other guys. So they're deep along the defensive front, and this will be uh, the toughest test Kentucky's had, you know, when you talk about going up against a front seven and, and a running game at Benny Snell. Right, I completely agree there. I do think it's good. the game might be close tonight, but uh, I guess the big question on everybody's mind is because it's just the dominance they've showed the first three weeks, but can Mississippi State compete with Alabama? You know, I, I would like to think that Mississippi State can compete with Alabama. They played Alabama extremely close last year, probably had some opportunities to win that game late, and just uh, Alabama does what Alabama does in those games a lot of times. Uh, more times than not, they pulled away and got the win. I think from a physicality standpoint, Mississippi State can definitely match Alabama. The, the question for Brian, and you know this, being over there, um, is is that offense for Alabama? I mean, this thing is just a machine with Tua Tungvaloa and, you know, Jerry Judy and, and all the running backs that are over there. I mean, they've got um, – this is probably the best, and I don't think probably the best group of offensive talent Nick Saban's ever had, which is scary because – if you go back and look at the numbers for Alabama over the last seven, eight years, um, while we look at Alabama and say, hey, they're a smash-mouth team, they've actually led the league uh, even before this year. And, in, 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 you know, when you talk about split production, meaning 50-50 almost on a you know, pass versus run ratio, now they've got a guy in Tungvaloa that is, uh, you know, by all accounts he's going to be a, a you know pro in the National Football League in a couple years. So that offense scares, uh, scares, should scare anybody that Alabama's running out on the field. But I think from a physicality standpoint, Mississippi State can match them. It's just, hey, who can slow this Alabama offense down? And, and will it be Jimbo Fisher tonight? Can they do it? I I'm doubt it. That offense is crazy. I mean, this guy won a national championship with Jake freaking Coker as a quarterback. Now he's actually got somebody that can throw. It should scare everybody. I was on your program earlier this year, and I pretty much slammed the old Miss Rebels. Uh, said they were – I predicted for the season they'd go 0-8 in the SEC, 3-9 and overall. I think I'm going to be wrong on that one, Jake. Uh, just I completely underestimated those three NFL wide receivers they have. No, they're very good. They call themselves the NWO. They, you know, that, that, that Ole Miss has uh, really pride it, you know, put pride in its wide receivers and throwing games. The Chief Freeze was there. They've done a good job recruiting at that spot. Uh, you know, you look at uh, Jordan Tamu. You know, they, they they did a really good job evaluating him in the junior college system, picking him up, getting him getting him over there, uh, and that ended up being a really big pickup for them, especially with Shea Patterson now moving on to Michigan. We'll see what happens with him the rest of the year with Jim Harbaugh. But you're right. I mean, the receivers are really good. The, the deal for Ole Miss is what you're going to see, and we've talked about that over the uh, last few weeks, is Ole Miss is going to finally hit that NCAA attrition wall next year um, because they're going to lose A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf probably to the NFL draft early. DeMarcus Lodge graduates. Uh, they lose a lot on that offensive front. Uh, they'll lose Jordan Tymo. So, you know, the numbers are not there for Ole Miss. You're going to see that. Uh, maybe that that one and seven finish. Who knows? Zero and eight, two and two and five type, or two and eight, or two and six type finish next year. They hit that attrition wall. But you're right. I mean, they throw the football as good as anybody in the country. Uh, they found them a running back, uh, you know, through the junior college system, so they can run the football a little bit as well. So you know, Ole Miss is the type of team. Uh, even though last week Alabama really hit the gas on Ole Miss and, and, and put them to sleep pretty quickly, Ole Miss is going to make it. A, that, that's going to be a tough out for most people that they play uh, the rest of the way. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Uh, so, realistically, 2018, what do you think their record ends up? 
I pegged them at six and six. I still think they're six and six. They're right on schedule from where I pegged them back in April. I, you know, nobody expected them. I think, you know, anybody that's objective to beat Alabama, I don't think we saw Alabama beating them as badly as they did. But with Alabama, I don't think we expected them to be this good offensively. Maybe Kirk Herbstreet, who said Alabama could score 50 a game. So some people might have saw that. But I still think Ole Miss has a chance to finish six and six. They'll get a win today over Kent State. They'll get to three and one. They play uh, LSU, which is always a big ball game for both of those two teams. They play for what they call the Magnolia Cup down in Baton Rouge next, uh, next weekend. So, I mean, they've got some winnable games on their schedule. They play Vanderbilt, South Carolina. They get South Carolina at home. They play Texas A&M. They've had success against Texas A&M over the last couple of years. They get another non-conference game that they can win. So, Ole Miss can get to 6-6. Six and six. They get the Egg Bowl at home this year. That's always, a, you know, a toss-up ball game. Uh, but, you know, oddly, the road team has won that game the last four or five years between Mississippi State and Ole Miss. So, I see six wins out there. I mean, Ole Miss could potentially get to seven. Who knows? They may slip down to five, but somewhere between five and seven wins, I think, is, is a good landing spot for Ole Miss in 2018. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, I want to touch briefly on uh, Southern Miss because you're, I believe you're near the home base there in Hattiesburg, probably about an hour away. Yep. Uh, they reinstated quarterback Quadra Griggs this week after two games. Uh, I, I really don't, because it's not going to get any nasty, but what was, what, was the, uh, what was the deal there with his suspension? Well, they just said a violation of team rules. And a lot of times, you know, Brian, you don't get any more than that. You hear some rumors and innuendo, and I don't want to necessarily tread down that path. But a violation of team rules, he's back. And, and, you know, it'll be an interesting dynamic to see how Jay Hobson handles his quarterback situation because uh, Jack Abraham, who is from Oxford High School, north part of the state, he went the junior college route after leaving Tulane. Um, He's had a really nice start, you know, in the the first two ballgames that he's played. But Griggs is a different kind of guy. uh, He's a dual-threat guy. Probably will get the, you know, they'll probably split time tonight uh, against a Rice team that they should beat. Now Rice, uh, you know, trying to trying to rebound and get back on uh, the winning ways. I guess you could say there at Rice with a new head football coach this year from Stanford, who was on uh, David Shaw's staff. But look, this, Griggs makes this team better. He makes it click. They need that dual threat because uh, losing Edo Smith to the NFL last year, graduation and attrition. Uh, they need a little pop in that offense. They need somebody that can protect the football. And they'll get that with Griggs. Uh, Southern Miss, you know, I had them take it seven and five. I, I did not have them losing to uh, Louisiana Monroe. They did that a couple weeks ago. We'll see if they can reschedule that App State game. But Southern Miss, uh, you know, some of the better talent in Conference USA, probably fourth or fifth best roster talent. They should get to a bowl this year, uh, but I don't see them competing for the for the conference championship this year. Yeah, you, you touched on the Louisiana Monroe loss. That, that one's probably going to look pretty bad by the end of the year. The hurricane probably spared them losing the App State, if we're going to be honest. And the word this week was they're not going to reschedule that game. But I got a feeling they'll end up – if I had to guess, they're going to end up with a payday by the end of the year, another paycheck game, because one of these schools, West Virginia, Virginia Tech, South Carolina, one of these teams that's not going to play in a conference championship game is going to need that that, uh, 12th game. And Southern Miss is going to get a payday out of it, if I had to guess. That's a good point. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, you, you've talked, you've you've said the word junior college at least ten times in the last uh, ten minutes here, and you've, <laughs> you've been around because Mississippi has just a tremendous junior college program that wasn't well known to the country before three years ago, and then Netflix decided to do, you know, have Last Chance You at East Mississippi there in Scuba. Um, what is that? What what do you what kind of positive, negative, 
or both do you think that that program brought on the junior college uh, situation in Mississippi? Well, you know, the junior college system in the state of Mississippi, as you, as you mentioned, is, I mean, there's several junior colleges, double-digit junior colleges in the state. And, look, this is nothing new to the state of Mississippi. It may be new to the rest of the country. But Jackie Sherrill, who was at Mississippi State from 92 through about 2002, he built uh, Mississippi State, rebuilt Mississippi State through the junior college system when Mississippi State won uh, the SEC West in 1998. He had several, several junior college players along that offensive and defensive front. Uh, defensive secondary, uh, second level, third level, uh, had a kicker, Scott Westerfield, who was actually a roommate of mine at Mississippi State from the junior college system. He was a Groza semifinalist. So Jackie Sherrill used the Mississippi junior college system uh, to his advantage while he was at Mississippi State. Bill Snyder, you know, and you know that, built his programs uh, a lot of times. Uh, Michael Bishop back in the late 90s from the junior college system out of Kansas and other places. So, look, the junior college system has been around for quite some time. The, the thing, Brian, about the junior college system, though, um, Jackie Sherrill, even though he built his programs at Mississippi State on the JUCO system, it also ended his career along with some NCAA trouble. Um, as uh, you know, he, he put too much stock in it back around 2001 and two. He, he brought in a big class out of Arizona Western, and it, it did not pan out. So you know, there was a lot of uh, frowning along the junior college system around them. But they, they've done a really good job rebranding themselves, as you mentioned. Buddy Stevens at East Mississippi uh, has had that thing a powerhouse forever, and then of course Netflix shines a huge light on the junior college system. And, of course, now they're in the state of Kansas looking at that one, uh, season three, and then, of course, season four coming up as well. So, look, you can get a lot of good players out of the junior college system, and I think it's better now more than ever because the evaluation is better, the coaching is better. Um, you know, we've got huddle. We've got all these different ways to evaluate kids, seven-on-seven seven camps and more. Uh, you know, Auburn we've seen. They came in and got Duke Williams, who was a big-time, uh, you know, player at wide receiver. Ole Miss and Hugh Freeze, had they not had, uh, you know, Bo Wallace out of East Mississippi, I'm not sure he gets off to the start he did back in 2012. So uh, I know a lot of these coaches, I have uh, a love for the junior college here in the state of Mississippi, and they just continue to pump out great players. It's a great way for a young man uh, that maybe doesn't have his academics in order or maybe he just needs a fresh start to get that fresh start. And we see that churn out uh, player after player that end up in the National Football League as well. No doubt about it. Uh, let's uh, quickly talk about the NFL, and then I'll let you go. Uh, what's your biggest takeaway from the first two weeks so far? Biggest takeaway, uh, Jacksonville, I thought, was very impressive over uh, New England. That that kind of got my attention. Not that I didn't expect that. I thought, you know, I think we know Jacksonville has been building for something like this. I'm not so sure that they're, they're still a Super Bowl team. They may still be a quarterback away. Uh, but we've seen teams with great defense running games win Super Bowls with – subpar to marginal quarterbacks. Also, Brian, I have not watched, and I'm going to be honest, a Cleveland Browns game since probably Bernie Kosar, but I actually turned that game on the other night (laughs) to watch Baker Mayfield and to watch them win that football game. I I think he's good for the league. I think the Browns are are, are a fun team to watch now. Um, You know, I'm really excited to see what they do moving forward. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to mistake them for the Patriots. Also, um, trying to watch Dallas with Dak Prescott, trying to get an offense together, which I, I think they've done a poor job from a management standpoint, personally, and putting playmakers around him outside of Zeke Elliott. Uh, but they were able to get that done against the Giants the other night. The Saints, uh, head scratchers in the first couple of weeks, they play the Falcons this week. That'll be a big game. So uh, the league is fun. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff, even though there's some negative publicity around the league. I still think the league's a really fun league to watch. I love it. And uh, I'll be looking forward to seeing what uh, transpires over the next couple of weeks as uh, teams start to jockey for you know division uh, supremacy and move towards that, those uh, potential playoff conversations. I think the league wants Cleveland 
to at least win because I, I've noticed a trend. If I write anything about the Cleveland Browns, it has more views than anything else that I write. If I have a podcast with somebody talking about the Cleveland Browns, it has more listens than any other podcast that I do. It, people want that that fan base consumes everything that it gets put out. Last uh, the ratings. The ratings come in for the game Thursday night up 40% from the same game last year. I mean, it's just crazy. Wow. I think the league wants Cleveland to win. Well, you know, it's, it's a feel-good story. It's a bad news bear type story. We know about the losing streak. We don't have to rehash that. And we know how passionate Cleveland is for their football team, even though uh, the success has just not been there. I mean, we know the storylines of Belichick and Saban being there and getting fired. And look at them. They went on to – be obviously or arguably the biggest and best um, you know college and NFL head coaching uh, you know legacies to you know to arguably ever live. So I mean all the storylines that Bernie Kosar, the starting quarterbacks that's come through there that didn't make it. So yeah, I think it's a really good story. I think it's a fun story. And even if Cleveland went you know seven and nine this year, or you know God forbid made the playoffs, what a story that would be. Um, but you know Baker Mayfield, he he's that right fit I think for that program. I thought that was the right draft pick. I know a lot of people question that. But when you look at the Moxie, how he seems to like look like he's growing up in the media, um, and he's doing all the right things. He's he's staying out of the bad light of the media. It's just a great story, and, and I think as they continue to uh, kick back a, a win or two here and there, or maybe even put together a uh, you know a, a winning streak, a small winning streak here. You, you're right. I mean, Cleveland uh, Cleveland's going to come alive, and then uh, the rest of the people I think will as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. And if Baker Mayfield's agent doesn't have him a deal with Bud Light within the next week, he has failed his client. <laughs> I would agree with that. <laughs> All right. Uh, last thing, uh, I'm not sure how, how much of it you have partaken in since uh, your great state of Mississippi decided it didn't hate money and legalized sports betting, unlike the state of Alabama, which hates money. Uh, I partook last night at the old uh, at one of the casinos there in Biloxi. Not sure if you've uh, had a chance to partake in the sports betting yet. I have. As a matter of fact, um, on my show on uh, the afternoon drive, we partnered with Ameristar Casino in Vicksburg, right on the Mississippi River, 50 minutes from Jackson. Uh, just head I-20 all the way to Vicksburg, and you can be there. And we do uh, shows from over there. Their sports book is amazing. Uh, guy named Keith is uh, their sportsbook guy. He's from uh, New Jersey, Atlantic City, also Baton Rouge. They've done a really good job in embracing this. We've tried to embrace it with them. We've partnered with them. So uh, we'll be back over there next Saturday from uh, 9 to 11 at the Sportsbook at Ameristar. I, I tell you what, it's it's been a fun deal. I've thrown some money down, uh, you know, using my own uh, numbers that I use to project football games. It's been fun. The, the state of Mississippi, is, you know, there's been some kickbacks. But not as uh, not as much as you would think. Most of the people have embraced it to be able to go over there and put five dollars on a game or two bucks even on a parlay. It, it, it's been really uh, fun to watch, Brian. And, and you know, I tell you what, uh, working for uh, Alpha Media and ESPN Radio over here, um, the people that are wanting to get in here, the booking agencies and the my bookies and, and all of those people, um, it never stops. And uh, you know, it's just uh, people trying to take advantage and leverage it. And of course, uh, have a good time with it. It's uh, you know, not only the football betting, but you got baseball coming up, the National Football League. You got the Conor McGregor fight. People will be throwing money on. Uh, it's just a different dynamic uh, for the state of Mississippi, and it's fun to kind of watch this thing evolve. Yeah, no doubt about it. Who? What's your uh, lock of the week this week, Jake? Lock of the week uh, this week. If I had to pick, now I've got several picks on my site, CFBHourLast.com. You have to play just a 
couple bucks to get that. But I like a couple games this week. Uh, I think Mississippi State actually covers at Kentucky. I think I, I would call that a, a lock. If I was going to give you another lock this week, um, I would have to say that I think Iowa wins straight out, right, out outright against Wisconsin. I think they're a better wow. football team. Um, I, I've been saying that for quite a while. We'll see what happens if that if that comes to fruition, um, you know, tonight. And then I'll be honest with you, I like Alabama until until Alabama shows me any 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 other reason not to believe them. They're three and zero against the spread. I, I think they're a much better team than than Texas A and M, and I think they they wear Texas A and M down and wear them out. And I think they cover that that big spread tonight. I played four parlays last night, and on three of the four, I have Buffalo covering minus five and a half at Rutgers. I, Rutgers is a bad like team. Buffalo's got an NFL quarterback. Uh, I think that's a, that's a good deal. I also like the under in South Carolina Vanderbilt at fifty four. Thought that yeah, was a, I like those thought that was a really a really high number for those two football teams. No, I would agree but, uh, with that. That game is probably going to be played in the teens, maybe low twenties. Yeah. Jake, uh, thanks so much for uh, for coming on the podcast today, and uh, I really appreciate it. Hey, anytime, man. Thanks. Have, enjoy the weekend. We'll talk soon. Hey, thanks, Jake. That was Jake Wimberly of uh, 105.9 ESPN Radio in Central Mississippi. We talked everything uh, concerning Mississippi college football. Always great talking uh, talking ball with Jake. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's edition. As always, follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft wblzmedia.com, deepfrieddraft.com, all my work there. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Until next time.